Hello again. Well, we're still here. At the time of this recording, Jesus has not returned for his bride yet, which means I'm here to record and share God's word with you again and to spend some time with you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you could make it. I hope you had some time this week to spend with Jesus, to sit under the apple tree, to be nourished by his word, pruned by his word, and blossom in his love and care. Today we're going to continue in Song of Solomon chapter 2, verses 8 to 17, and we'll see that the maiden, well, her comfort zone is going to be challenged. Have you been there? Are you there now? I think a lot of people are. I think God is doing a little bit of earth shaking right now. It's a rockin' and a rollin'. Let's see what God has to share today. Stay tuned. Moments with Moni can be heard on Anchor, Stitcher, Overcast, Apple, and now Podchaser. You can also find my blog and Facebook page and link tree filled with many links in my show notes. And now on to today's episode. If you remember, last time we were together, the maiden was startled out of her daydream. So we're going to pick up right there. Oh, listen, the voice of my beloved. Behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. The maiden recognizes the voice of her beloved. In John 10:4, God tells us, as his sheep, we know his voice. Are you familiar with God's voice? Are there other voices that come into your mind throughout your day? It's so easy to let those voices distract us and take us off course. In this instance, the shepherd king's voice is not translated as a gentle, loving voice, but a loud and thunderous boom of a voice. And the maiden notices that he comes leaping on the mountains, skipping over the hills. They signify problems that separate us, but nothing ever will separate us from the love of our God. Our shepherd king easily skips on the hills and leaps over the mountains. And all of these things are under his feet. Just like in Ephesians 1.22, we're reminded that all things are put under his feet and he was given to be head over all things. The beloved comes to challenge her, but she is not ready. She says, my beloved is like a roe, a stag, a young heart who is swift and quick. He stands behind our wall and he looks through the windows. He peeps or a glance, showing himself through the lattice. Showing here means to twinkle. He gives her a glimpse of himself, drawing her, wooing her to himself. It's almost like first love goosebumps or the thrill of romantic love. He looks into her soul through immaturity, through fears right now, but one day face to face. You remember 1 Corinthians 13? Verse 12 says, Right now we see in a mirror dimly. It's kind of fuzzy. But soon we will see face to face. It'll be clear. Now I only know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been known fully. C.S. Lewis was known to talk about the Shadowlands. 
Now we live in the Shadowlands, but the best is yet to come. In 1 Corinthians 15, we learn about the resurrection of the body and the mystery and the victory thereof. In verse 52, it says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Hallelujah! Yes, I'd say the best is yet to come. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. In verse 10, the beloved gives her an answer to her earlier request to draw her near. He invited her to come away with him. Come follow me. Come away, my love. There is work to do. Training and discipleship is awaiting. To train the country girl bride-to-be to rule and reign with her beloved. Our Jesus lovingly trains us and disciples us. For God is after our adoring obedience. Unbelievers, they will be made to obey. Best now to obey, bend the knee, worship God, and avoid the rush later. Because everyone will be made to bow down to God. It's just a heart matter. Do you want to do it now? Willingly, obediently, adoringly? Or do you want to be made to do it? In verse 11, we see that the winter is over. Winter is past. Oh, how my husband loves to hear those words. Yes, spring, summer, bring on the heat. Not for me, but, you know, each season brings things that we need. There are spiritual seasons in our life. In the wintertime, the sap of the tree goes deep into the ground and its roots go deep. The same with a, a Christian believer. It's good to spend time alone with God, slow down the pace, spend time with him in his word, and let our roots grow deep into him. And then there's the flowers in the spring and the spring pruning. God uses his word to prune us, to cut back all the things that shouldn't be in our lives, just like this young maiden is learning. The prophet Jeremiah in chapter 8, verse 7, reminds us that the birds know the seasons. He says, even the stork in the sky knows its seasons, and the dove, and the swallow, and the crane observe the time for migration. But my people, they don't know the requirements of the Lord. Do we spend time in God's word, learning, reading his love letters, getting closer to him to learn what his heart is and what he requires of us? No, pruning is not pleasant but it does produce better fruit in the future. It downright hurts when God cuts something out of us. But you know, if we hold on to it too tight, or if we let bitterness grow too deep in our hearts and let those roots get in there, it hurts when you rip out a weed whose roots have grown so deep that you get a big chunk of dirt along with it when it comes up. How tightly! Do we hold on to our own will rather than walking in God's ways? Verse 13 continues, 
the fig-tree puts forth her green figs and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell arise my love my fair one and come away o oh, my dove that art in the clefts of the rock in the secret places of the stairs let me see thy countenance let me hear thy voice for sweet is thy voice and thy countenance is comely because the hebrews knew their seasons they would know that this was about the fruitful harvest time our june where spices were in the air and putteth forth is an emblem of ripening fruit they say that the smell of the vines drives away the serpents and who is the old serpent and who is the true vine we know very well says matthew henry when we as believers are fruitful when we put forth the fruit of the spirit which is love that consists of all the other facets that is explained in galatians we put forth a beautiful smell a beautiful fragrance to god and draw others to him although there are some that don't like that smell to them it is the smell of death because they want nothing to do with god their heart is hard and they've turned their back on him but that doesn't mean that we should give up we should continue to do and be the faithful church do justly love mercy and to walk humbly with god to put forth these fruits that others may see that fruit in us again the beloved calls her away one more time arise my love my fair one come away with me come away her beloved calls once again not a lecture after not following him the first time but drawing her by love fear may hold us back from doing or being but perfect love casts out fear fear and immaturity or pride and lackadaisical attitude all of these things can hold us back from following jesus can you hear your beloved calling you right now oh dove you are that's present tense you are in the clefts of the rock take refuge in the secret places in the tower in his strong tower of refuge and he wants to see your face show me your face he says for your sweet voice and your face are beautiful charles spurgeon commented on this passage he's talking saying jesus says my dove find refuge in me talk with me commune with me you are a vision of beauty one day we will become the delight and fulfillment of jesus's agony it's all about him not us false humility is as crippling as arrogance it is a lie of the enemy eyes of unworthiness arise from the flesh no longer veiled in false humility shame or religion he desires that we lift up our faces to him to worship him with unveiled passion verse fifteen continues take us seize hold the foxes the little foxes that spoil or destroy the vines for our vines have tender grapes it's these little things in life that can irritate and spoil we need to go on a fox hunt right away 
to clear away these things from the fruit that is growing in the garden of our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 reminds us, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Watch over your vineyards. Watch over your heart. As the curtain falls on this scene, verse 16 says, My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies. The maiden is maturing. She's beginning to claim her relationship with her beloved. Verse 17 says, Until the day break and the shadows flee away, return, my beloved, and be thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of Bethur. In this passage, we can see that there are mountains dividing the maiden from her beloved. There are difficulties in life. Life is hard, but God is good. There are obstacles between us and God. It's plain from this book that the maiden may love and be loved. She may be confident in her beloved and be fully assured of her possession of him. And yet, like us, there may be for the present mountains between her and her beloved. As children of God, we are to share spiritual wisdom with the ear that is willing to listen. Our mouths are to speak of our Lord and his ways, and our speech is to be filled with kindness and graciousness. Not the sugary sweet ways that flatter important folks, but the kindness and graciousness of this speech is implied towards God. From our thoughts to our words, we speak what pleases God, not what pleases a man or a woman. How easy it is to not rock the boat. Stroking the flesh side of our friends' egos is not what God intended. He shows us in Scripture just what it is that we are to speak of, and being hidden in Christ, having that blessed hope of salvation, we speak these things with great boldness that others may come to know him and his ways. And this speech is what is beautiful to God. In verse 15, the beloved spoke and reminded the maiden to watch out for those little foxes, those things that will subtly take us off course and make us drift away from him, those things that sneak into the vineyard and gnaw on our fruit or the vines, or worse yet, gnaw at the vine of our lives. Don't allow these little foxes to gnaw at the relationship we have with our Lord and distract us or destroy it. We can also come boldly unto the throne of grace. Our Lord always wants to hear our voice. He told us through the maiden, our voice is beautiful to him. Our voice in prayer or song is sweet to him, and he bows down to hear it and to also inhabit the praises of his people. The words, my beloved is mine and I am his, we see mutual oneness exclusivity, preference. Ah, my beloved is mine and I am his, she says. He is tending to his flock. She says, I am cared for. He does his job well as a shepherd. So I'll just wait here where it's comfortable and meet with him in the cool of the day when the evening breezes begin to blow in the desert. Go on, Lord. I'll be with you in a minute, we say. Don't we say that? And pretty soon the day is gone and we haven't spent time with him at all. 
we've just basked in our security. The commentators speak of the mountains of Bethur as mountains of separation. We shouldn't let these things separate us from God. Go ahead, Jesus. I'll be with you later, because I know that you can take care of all my problems. I know you are at the right hand of the Father, at the throne of God, interceding in prayer for me. So I'll just stay here where it's comfortable. The time to meet with God is when he calls. We'll see later that the Shulamite waited. She slipped or drifted into her comfort zone. She loved fervently at first, and then she took her beloved for granted. How can we apply this to our lives to weed out our comfort zones this week? To be continued. If you're enjoying these moments with Moni, please share them with a friend. Visit me on my Facebook page, Moments with Moni, or on Twitter, Instagram, Podchaser, or my blog, and fill out my survey so that I can serve you better. Thanks so much for listening.